Hey there, emergency med fans. Welcome to eMedCast. I'm Larissa Unruh, a fourth-year medical student at Oregon Health and Science University, and I'm here in Denver, Colorado, to learn about the newest residency application hurdle for emergency medicine-bound students, the standardized video interview. If you like what you hear, don't forget to go on our website at emigcast.com to evaluate this episode or to listen to previous episodes. Also, if you have comments or questions, you can hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or shoot us an email. Let's get on to the episode. I'm here with Dr. Zach Giroux, who's a fourth-year resident at Denver Health, University of Colorado Health, the president-elect of the Emergency Medicine Residents Association, or EMRA, and a member of the committee that has been designing and implementing the standardized video interview. Today we are discussing a topic that has recently been on my mind, and I would be willing to bet has been on the minds of all third- and fourth-year medical students interested in emergency medicine, the standardized video interview, or SVI for short. For those who are not familiar, the SVI is a six-question computerized interview with questions designed to evaluate an individual's professionalism as well as interpersonal and communication skills. Examinees are shown a question and then given 30 seconds to consider an answer. They then have three minutes to answer the question. Each question is then scored on a scale of 1 through 5 and the average of the scores is calculated by a grader to determine an overall score. This score is then provided to each emergency medicine residency program to which an individual applies. Dr. Giroux, welcome to eMigCast. Let's get started. First, I want to hear about you. How did you become interested in emergency medicine? Well, I kind of got interested very early on. We had an awesome eMig at uh, Michigan State University where I went to medical school, and I loved all the hands-on activities, and I really loved the people that would come and work with us to do suture labs and ultrasound and airway management, and they they just seemed like my people. And, um, you know, I really loved all the rotations that I did as a third year. So I thought that emergency medicine would let me continue to see a variety of, of patients and problems. It seems like you've already accomplished a lot. Of which accomplishment are you the most proud and why? Well, I think that being involved with EMRA is probably one of the, the best things that I've done outside of, of my residency training. And I think that it's really given me, much like residency, the opportunity to be part of something greater than myself. And I've been able to meet a lot of awesome students and residents and attendings from all across the country. And I've been able to be part of conversations and have uh, an influence and make a difference on issues that are important to the future of the specialty. Let's jump to the topic that's been haunting the dreams of fourth-year medical students around the country, the newly implemented standardized video interview. And the question on everyone's mind is, why? Why are applicants to emergency medicine residencies now required to complete this extra interview? What's the theory behind this new addition to the residency application? Well, I think that, you know, everybody knows, I'm sure that that you know and all your listeners know that that applying to residency can definitely be uh, a scary process and there's a lot of different steps and hoops to jump through. And I think that we know it's not perfect. So from the standpoint of students, the AAMC 
um, has some data that, that shows that students want to be reviewed holistically and they want to be thought of as more than their academic achievements and more than their step score. And so they've been looking for ways to modify the process to allow students to share a different side of themselves that might otherwise be difficult to convey in the application. And I think from a program director's standpoint, um, you know, they're being inundated with uh, a ton of applications for the number of positions that are available. And, and it's not just in emergency medicine, it's across all specialties. At the recent NRMP conference, they were showing, you know, nearly a, a doubling in the, the number of applications that students are submitting over the, the last decade. NRMP stands for National Resident Match Program. And briefly, an article from March 2017 states that the match for the class of 2017 was the largest in history, with about 36,000 U.S. and international applicants and only about 32,000 positions. In emergency medicine specifically, there were 2,047 first-year positions, which was 152 more than in 2016, and all but six of those positions filled. To read this article, see the link on our website. So I think the program directors are looking for a way to be able to really differentiate applicants and to find people who are going to be a good fit for the program. And I think that there's some thought amongst program directors that maybe they don't have the best tools to assess uh, an applicant's communication and interpersonal skills and professionalism, and maybe the SVI um, could help out with that. How will the results of the SBI affect an individual's residency application? That's a great question that I don't know that we have the answer to right now. Um, so uh, every residency program in the country is uh, has the opportunity to participate in the SBI and to get the scores. Um, they won't have access to the scores unless they go through um, a training course that the AAMC puts on. And so they've got about another month to enroll right now. So I think sometime in early September is when they need to be signed up to be able to access the uh, SVI score itself. And then they will also have the ability to watch uh, each of the videos. Um, I'm not sure how much that will be done. As you can imagine, it's going to be hours and hours and hours. And, and, and this is supposed to be something that saves the faculty time and not, not adds additional time, time to the process. So um, I think there's a lot of ideas about how it might be used, but nobody knows for sure. So I think the instances where the SVI score could potentially make an impact is where there's a discordance between where you'd fall on the SVI bell curve and where you'd fall on your step one bell curve. So for applicants who are sort of in the middle of that curve or maybe on the lower half of that bell curve, if they really do well on the SVI, then they might be invited to interview programs that they weren't otherwise going to get interviewed at versus applicants that have you know, really stellar board scores and then don't perform so well in the SVI, they might not be getting interviews that they otherwise would have. This interview was piloted last year, 2016, then implemented this year. What did the pilot show? Were there any changes made between last year's pilot and this year? So the pilot that was done last year was a voluntary process uh, as part of a study to um, sort of validate a rubric and to assess to see if there were any differences between uh, applicants of different genders, ethnicities, etc. Um, the 
about 10% of students that were invited to participate did, but it does show that on this um, 0 to 30 scale um, where you're getting five points for up to five points for each question for six questions each, um, that there's a nice bell curve and that the que which means that the questions are you know intentionally made a little bit difficult so that you can stratify the applicants. So if, if every all the questions are softball type of questions, then you wouldn't be able to really do any differentiation of applicants using the SVI. Uh, and then they were also able to demonstrate that there's no correlation between the SVI score and step one scores overall. Um, so they're able to demonstrate it's a new data point. How do you envision residency programs using the results of the standardized video interview? So there's not been any study um, that's been done on this so far about how programs anticipate using this information. It will be part of a, a survey that's planned to be distributed by the AAMC, CORD, and CDEM after, uh, after the interview season has closed in order to assess, you know, did people make interview decisions based on SVI scores? Did the SVI scores, you know, correlate with someone's performance on an in-person interview score? Um, and I think that there's a lot more, you know, validation in general that's being planned to see you know, do these scores track your, you know, professionalism and interpersonal communication skills throughout residency training um, as a whole? So I think in this year, you know, I imagine some programs might, you know, be early adopters and start trying to really build filters and uh, start to, to really make a lot of decisions based on this, whereas other programs might sort of stick with what they've always been doing because it's worked for them in the past and then... Um, do sort of a retrospective review about whether the SVI correlated with where that person ultimately ended up on their list. Okay, so it sounds to me like the SVI is still solidly in the research phase. Is that correct? So as of right now, it's, it's uh, definitely in a research, you know, it's a one-year operational pilot that all the emergency medicine organizations uh, agreed that, that our specialty would take part of. There will be decisions coming up in the future about whether to make this a permanent part of the residency application process for emergency medicine and whether or not this will be expanded to other specialties and hopefully we'll have some good data to be able to inform us as to whether this is valuable not just for program directors but also for students to really make sure that they feel like this is accomplishing that stated goal of, of allowing them to present this non-academic side of themselves. What types of things should an applicant do to prepare for this interview? I think that, you know, in, in general, a lot of these questions are standard type interview questions and they might be scenarios that you've been in or you've not been in. And probably the best way to prepare, just like for your residency interview, is to do some, you know, genuine self-reflection and think about your training and think about what you've really excelled at and why. Think about situations that have been challenging to you and how you've dealt with them or overcome them. And then, you know, I think part of this, you also have to think about some theoretical situations that you might not have been in yet and how you might, how you might deal with them. But overall, um, you know, from a sort of recording standpoint, technology standpoint, um, the technology that they're using has been used for lots of other types of interviews. And um, the, the psychometric evaluators um, have been trained to not make too much of, of the background or your appearance or the tone of your voice and, and try to be sort of as bias-free as possible. 
Um, I know that certain medical schools have uh, set up professional recording spaces. I know that they've brought in, in some instances, uh, speaking coaches or people from acting backgrounds to uh, watch students answer questions and give them feedback about uh, how they might be able to present themselves in a, in a more personable sort of way. What are the criteria for scoring the responses to the SVI questions? What makes a good question? Like I was saying, the interview is made up of six different questions and you get up to five points on each question. And I think that what they're really wanting to see is that you've got, you know, an emotional intelligence, that you are able to communicate difficult news, that you are able to function as part of a team and, um, you know, the exact rubrics for each question aren't, aren't publicly available, so I can't speak to what, what is on each of those. But if you go to the AAMC website and their FAQ, they sort of have a generalized rubric on how that one through five uh, score breaks down. Who exactly scores the responses? Currently, the um, responses are all scored by a team of psychometric evaluators. And during last year's pilot, they were able to show that there was uh, a decent inter-rater reliability and that, you know, the rubric could be applied by different evaluators and come up with, with roughly the same scores. For anyone else who wasn't exactly sure what psychometric meant, it's defined as a standard and scientific method used to measure an individual's mental capabilities and behavioral style. I think that if this is going to be expanded to all other specialties. Um, the AAMC has acknowledged that it would be impossible to have a team of humans uh, rate all of these between the time that uh, ERAS opens and the time that uh, programs are starting to receive scores. So in the future, it's been proposed that uh, potentially this could be analyzed through a sort of artificial intelligence or uh, by a computer um, applying some sort of personality index uh, based on your responses. What is the single worst thing that someone can do during the SVI? I think that's a difficult question uh, because we we don't know how it's going to play out yet. I think you know from from the I think the worst thing that somebody could do is not not have taken it seriously. So you know regardless of whether you wanted to do it. Uh, or not, and regardless of not knowing how program directors are actually going to use this, I think if you're going to do something, you might as well do it right. So uh, I think that you know people who didn't take it seriously are probably at a disadvantage. And then uh, about one percent of applicants to emergency medicine did not complete the SVI, and it's unclear right now whether or not residency programs will consider their applications to be complete or not. If someone feels that they messed up on their SVI, how worried should they be? How might a low score affect their chances of matching into emergency medicine? Well, it'll be interesting to see students' responses on September 15th, uh, which is sort of the date that's proposed for students to be able to receive their SVI scores. And, you know, I wonder how, how students' perceptions of themselves as communicators will align with the SVI score. I think, you know, if there are instances where you're, you know, a great applicant and your SVI score is just totally bombed, then this, that might be one of the instances where a program director decides to watch the video to try and understand why there's this major discrepancy for someone who otherwise looks like an amazing applicant. 
or for some programs, they might not look at it at all and it might not have any impact on you as an applicant. Right now, only emergency medicine interested students are required to take the SVI. Are there plans to expand this model to other specialties? So based on the, the pilot and the results of that pilot, then if, it, if it, this shows value for students, shows value for program directors, and it can be done in a, in a cost-effective manner, then the AAMC would plan to expand this to other specialties in the very near future because I think that a lot of the challenges that we have in emergency medicine um, you know, would also, also be encountered by program directors and other specialties and by applicants and other specialties in terms of wanting to to highlight themselves in a unique way and in terms of those program directors needing to find, you know, the best applicants from, they need to find that needle in the haystack. Will students eventually be required to pay to complete this interview? So, you know, in the future, somebody's going to have to pay for, for this, and it's a little bit unclear right now who exactly that would be. Um, I, you know, I think that there are two options are Programs are going to pay for it, which is what uh, is currently being, being done in the field of orthopedics. There's about 10 programs right now that have a secondary video application process, and the program pays uh, several hundred dollars per year in order to be able to have their applicants submit a secondary application using that system. Uh, for the SBI, it's unclear on whether programs would continue to pay under that same sort of model or whether students would be expected to bear the costs. I think you know it's important to note that, that the programs can refuse to pay for uh, the SBI, whereas students don't really have a choice to say no. So I think it's important that, that this is a valuable tool for students and being able to really get that holistic review that they want. So does, that, does this really accomplish that goal or not? Can you foresee any changes in the format or grading criteria for the interview for future applicants? So, you know, in terms of the, you know, the question bank that the AAMC's developed, um, I imagine that they've done some validation on whether those questions are really suited to be an assessment of your interpersonal communication skills or not. So for those questions where, uh, you know, it subsequently turned out to be a poor predictor of, of those types of behaviors, those questions will probably be eliminated, new questions will be added. Um, but in terms of the, uh, six question, three minutes each to provide a response, 30 seconds to uh, read each question, sort of prepare your thoughts before responding. I'm not aware of any major changes, although uh, we're still awaiting the data as to uh, whether students felt it was an appropriate number of questions, an appropriate amount of time, and so there might be tweaks made based on the student feedback. Can you talk about your personal views about the SVI? Are you for, against, or somewhere in between? You know, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I think that, you know, having gone through this process, I know that it's really unnerving and there's a lot of steps involved. And to add another step, I think it, it really needs to make it needs to make students' lives better if we're going to add a new step. And as, as we've seen with, with other components of the application process, like the uh, USMLE Step 2 Clinical Skills Exam, once something is added as part of this process, it becomes very, very difficult to get it removed. So I think that we really need to have, uh, you know, the data to back up that, that this is going to be helpful for all the parties. And I think that the students really need to be considered uh, equal stakeholders. And, um, you know, it's my hope that the AAMC and, and 
through our working group uh, is is very aware of how students are feeling about uh, about this process. So you know, I think that you know we need to have a lot of data to show that it's going to be valuable. I think that there's some potential groups that could be benefited, like those sort of middle of the road applicants who might otherwise not be looked at uh, that that might be considered if they can do really well on this. Um, so I think time time will sort of tell. How will the data obtained from the thousands of completed interviews be used? Will this data be used for research? So in terms of the, the data, there's a, a, a subgroup of the AAMC SBI working group that is focused on publication. So I know that they're currently uh, working on a manuscript um, to publish of all the data from last year's pilot. And uh, there's a number of hypotheses that have been generated uh, and surveys and other sorts of testing will be done in the near future in order to sort of make the results of this transparent. Um, you know, sort of outside of, you know, the AAMC's individual work on, on looking at this, um, I think that, uh, you know, this, this idea of using video interview and, uh, you know, artificial intelligence for um, predicting who's going to be a good member of your team or not. I think that's probably going to become a lot more ubiquitous in other industries. And so I can imagine that it would be of a, a lot of interest to the folks developing these technologies. If they can say, you know, every doctor in America goes through this process, why shouldn't your employees go through this process? So I think there's definitely um, some some ways that this could correlate to other industry. Um, so like the IBM Watson team, uh, when they started hiring people, they actually used their Watson personality algorithm to sort of make the first batch of, of hires and grew the team using their own technology to really filter down uh, through those applicants. And based on their experiences, I said they're pretty surprised about some people that looked, you know, average on paper. And then uh, through this sort of deeper learning and deeper intelligence, they're able to find out that, you know, these, these are the people that are really going to contribute to the team a lot. What else should we know about the SVI? Any last pearls? From the perspective of students, the best thing and the thing that, that I'd encourage you all to do now that you've been through this process is to really think about whether, number one, you had an issue with the holistic review of your application before, and number two, whether the SVI made you feel like you're able to present a more complete picture of yourself, and, um, you know, should, do you think that the, the people following you should have to go through a similar process? And there's going to be a number of surveys that are going to be sent out in the, uh, the upcoming months. And so I'd encourage everyone to participate in those and make your voices heard um, because we can't, um, we can't make things better for the students unless we know how they, how they feel. I feel that this information will be very enlightening to students considering applying to residency in emergency medicine. Dr. Giroux, thank you so much for helping to clarify this mysterious new addition to our application process. Thanks for having me. I just want to encourage all of our listeners to participate in the survey that Dr. Giroux mentions. If you hated the SVI, then articulate why. If you have suggestions for improvement, then make sure you express those. If you like the standardized video interview, then say that in the survey. Just make sure that you express your opinion.